0: When it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ, there is discipleship, and then there's what I would call discipleship with an asterisk. And that asterisk, as small as it might be, makes a really big difference. When you're reading a book or a magazine and you come across an asterisk, It usually means that the author wants to direct your attention to the bottom of the page because he either wants to clarify something or to explain it a little more completely. That having been said, the application to discipleship should be clear. As Catholic Christians, our discipleship, our loyalty and fidelity to Jesus Christ and his gospel is supposed to be absolute. It's supposed to be Unconditional. In other words, it's not supposed to involve any exceptions whatsoever, any asterisks, so to speak, at all. But that can easily happen, can't it? That little pesky asterisk can very quickly and easily make an appearance in our heart. And when it does, it immediately changes everything. Case in point, today's Gospel story, and the remainder of the 6th chapter of the Gospel of John, that's where this text is taken from. Here we see Jesus, out of mercy and compassion, miraculously feeding more than 5,000 very hungry people until they're stopped. There's no room in them whatsoever. And they still ended up with 12 worker baskets of food left over at the end of it all, which I'm sure made a very good midnight snack for each of the apostles. It was nice, Jesus provided 12 baskets. And how did the people respond to this miracle? Well, as we heard a few moments ago, they responded by wanting to carry Jesus off and make him their king. They said, wow, this is great. This is the best fish dinner I've ever had in my life. And I could have all that I wanted with great bread too. Best of all, it cost me nothing. It was absolutely free. Jesus, you are the best. You should be our leader. We don't get meals like this from Pilate or Herod or Caesar or any of the others. So we want to follow you. We want you to rule over us. We want to live as your disciples. That was their attitude. And it was totally understandable. I probably would have had that attitude myself had I been present that day. The only problem was the discipleship of most of these people had an asterisk attached to it. A very big one. Which becomes clear in the remaining verses of chapter 6 of John's Gospel. Which we will hear in our Gospel readings for the next four Sundays. This is a preview of coming attraction. These people said, in effect, Yes, Jesus, we want you to rule over us. We want to live as your disciples. Asterisk, Unless, of course, you ask us to put our faith in something extraordinary. Something we do not, something we cannot possibly understand fully. That's where we're going to draw the line. That's when we'll have a really big problem. That's when our loyalty, our fidelity, our discipleship we'll come to an end. But other than that, we're great. We're cool. We're right there with you, Jesus. This crowd that was fed miraculously by our Lord followed him the very next day back across the Sea of Galilee, which is really a big lake. It's also called Lake Gennesaret, at times in scripture. They followed Jesus there to the town of Capernaum, and there our Lord proceeded to give them a very challenging teaching, a very detailed teaching on another meal, which he intended to give them in the very near future, which is the one that we take part in every time we come to Mass. He told them there that he intended to nourish them spiritually by giving them his body to eat and his blood to drink. And it was then that the asterisks began to make their appearance, such that many of the people there, some of whom had been disciples of Jesus for quite some time, walked away. Yes, Jesus, we will live as your disciples, asterisks, unless you ask us to put our faith in something extraordinary, like the Eucharist, something we do not, something we cannot understand fully. That's where we're going to draw the line. That's where our discipleship will come to an end. And I think it's safe to say that most of the 5,000 plus people who were there reacted in this way. We can discern that because toward the end of it all, Jesus turned to his closest followers, his 12 apostles, and he said to them one of the saddest things he ever said to anyone in Scripture. He said to them, do you want to leave me too? They must have been leaving in droves. And it was then that Peter said his famous words, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. For the crowd in John 6, the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist was the difficult issue. For the rich young man in sacred scripture, it was something else. Remember his story? Most of us know that pretty well. His problem was his inner attachment to his possessions. The Bible tells us he came to Jesus one day and said to him, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus told him to keep the commandments, to be faithful to the moral precepts of the Decalogue. The young man said that he had been obedient to those commandments from the days of his youth which, incidentally, was no small accomplishment. I don't know about you, but when I was a little guy, I had an awful lot of trouble with the Fourth Commandment, to honor your father and mother. My sister would vouch for that one, for sure. But this guy kept them all, so he said. But then Jesus challenged him to go one step further by selling everything he owned and becoming a full-time follower of his, just like the Twelve Apostles. And it's at that point, Scripture says, that he went away sad, for he had many possessions. His attitude was, Jesus, I will gladly follow you. I will be more than happy to live as your faithful disciple, asterisk. Unless, of course, you ask me to let go of all my stuff and give all my possessions away. Yes, Jesus, you are important to me. You are very important to me, but not quite that important. We are living in a world right now, my brothers and sisters, where the asterisks that people put on their discipleship are becoming more and more numerous, which is extremely distressing. At least it's distressing to yours truly. Just look at how many professed Christians, professed Christians, have caved in on the marriage issue. Starting with the man in the Oval Office, He claims to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'd be willing to bet that many of you who do support real marriage, traditional marriage, I'll bet that many of you have had conversations in recent weeks with some Christian relatives and friends that have shocked you. Those conversations have shocked you because these are people who used to believe the same thing that you do. But they've evolved. Have you noticed there's always a euphemism attached to these kinds of things? Yeah, that's the big word now. They've evolved. Such that they now enthusiastically support the recent Supreme Court decision. These are disciples with an asterisk. And their asterisk concerns marriage. But as one gay writer, Andrew Sullivan, has noted, This phenomenon has not happened in isolation. As he sees it, the embracing of gay marriage has come about because in the last 50 years, a lot of people have also embraced practices such as what he calls no-strings heterosexual hookups. By the way, I almost never agree with Andrew Sullivan. The man is extremely anti-Catholic, but I would say he's got a valid insight here. He's right on. Listen to what he wrote. He said, surely the world of no-strings heterosexual hookups and 50% divorce rates preceded gay marriage. It was heterosexuals in the 1970s who changed marriage into something more like a partnership between equals with both partners often working and gender roles less rigid than in the past. All homosexuals are saying three decades later is that, under the current definition, there's no reason to exclude us. If you want to return straight marriage to the 1950s, go ahead. But until you do, the exclusion of gays is simply an anomaly and a denial of basic civil equality. Put in the terms I'm using in this homily, Andrew Sullivan is saying that because so many Christians have put asterisks on their discipleship in recent decades by rejecting the teaching of Jesus on sexual issues and by embracing sins like fornication, and I would add sins like contraception and abortion, because that's happened, they've already in effect changed the common understanding of marriage. And so putting another asterisk on their discipleship now by embracing same-sex marriage is no big deal to these people. In fact, it's quite logical to them. Do I have an asterisk on my discipleship? Ask yourself that question today. and Try to answer it honestly. As I've hopefully made clear in this homily, people can put asterisks on their discipleship for all kinds of reasons. It might involve a doctrinal issue, like the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. That was the case for the people in John 6. It might involve a moral issue. It might even involve something like forgiveness. Do you realize that every time we refuse to forgive another human being, we're really putting an asterisk, a big one, on our Christian discipleship. Yes, I'll follow you, Jesus. I will. I promise. Just don't ask me to forgive that guy. No way, not after what he did to me. Dear Lord, we ask you this morning to help us. Help us to see, first of all, if we have any asterisks, any asterisks at all, written on our hearts at the present time. And then, Lord, please grant us the strength and the desire and the determination that we need to erase them. Amen.